The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Did you see this, by the way, Kev, on uh, on the Fujicast um, Facebook group? What? Andrew Higgins. Podcast listeners, and indeed even Neil, uh, may, wa- may want to draw Kevin's attention to the final reading on this week's BBC Radio 4 The News Quiz from Milton Keynes, Citizen, at 27 minutes 30 seconds. He was very precise. He wrote this stuff down. To relieve bloating on a vegan diet, try eating low-fibre lentils or soaking your nuts. <laughs> um, I just wonder, because you've been doing a lot of cookery of late, are you soaking your I nuts? I am plant-based. All right, OK. Well, that's vegan. Uh, we were on a break. You do sound like that Friends <laughs> line every time you say, well, I'm plant-based. I can't wait till they make that new Friends episode. Are they going to make a Friends, one, yeah. Well, they're, they're too old to be in that now, aren't they, or? You can still be friends even if you're old. Don't you? be don't be oldest. <laughs> you're older than me, and I'm still your friend sometimes. <laughs> the Fuji cast. That's very kind of you. Well, you don't have to. Well, I suppose it's your charitable giving uh, nature. Uh, welcome to episode 57. 57, 57. You and your questions today. The mailbag, as I say every week, electronically brimming. Thank you for your questions and for sending them in to click at fujicast.co.uk. If you've emailed before, fab. If uh, you are then known uh, as a friend of the show. If you've never emailed before, though, get one out now. Announce yourself as a first, first time. <laughs> well, I did stop myself using the, the B word there. <laughs> Uh, right, just send an email in. One thing we've noticed is more and more camera users of other flavours joining us, and that's fantastic as well. At the end of the show, we'll have another one of your photo disasters. Remember to keep sending those in. We'll take a bath of some self-indulgence, uh, and uh, thank you for your Apple reviews a little bit later on in the show. And, uh, and of course, uh, we'll have an interview. This week is Andrew Helmich. Now, you've been on Andrew's show, haven't you? I Photo- have. Photobiz X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good podcast. How, how many episodes have you been on? Uh, two, I think. Oh, damn! Because I've been on two. Yeah, I think oh, it was I thought two. I was gonna, for the first time in my life, I thought I'd been on one more than Kev, but no, I haven't. Was it no, been three? It might have been three. I think you were on very, or very early four? days. No, shut up. Actually, no, I think it was six. <laughs> yeah. I'm on again tomorrow. Uh, and, and again on Saturday. And then on Tuesday next week. Andrew's um, podcast, Photobiz X, has been an inspiration to me. It's 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 one of, I think it's one of the, if not the first proper photo business podcast wasn't it i mean he's been it, going it, with it five or six years it's certainly the only one that i'm aware of yeah i um, mean there are other business podcasts of course obviously. yeah but it's the only one of brian caparicci pops one. Up. oh that's yeah. true yeah sprout yeah. sprout yeah that's true um but uh yeah. um little mention I, I know that we talked about this on the show last week and thank you for um the feedback that we received from that uh, mental health week we are going to do a mental health week uh, neither myself or Kev are experts, obviously. We've said that before. Um, but um, but certainly, uh, you know, in terms of anxiety and things like that, we thought, you know, problem shared sometimes. And uh, so we, we're going to do that. If you are writing in, then uh, you can do so in confidence to our, um, our, our email accounts, either myself or Kev's personal email accounts, or do it through click at fujicast.co.uk. Be assured it's a completely safe address. Nobody but myself and Kev sees that, okay? Um, so there we go. Um, questions, questions. You can launch. I have one from Ron Villa. Uh, Villa he, or Villa? Villa, probably. Villa. Yeah, he's from New York, and he ends by saying, "Any chance of doing a photo walk in, in NYC?" Do you know? In, in, that's twice in as many weeks that we've been asked to go and do a photo walk in a, in a in a city that I'd love to go and do a photo walk in. Yeah, I've done a couple of workshops in New uh, York. Uh, I love it. Yeah, last year, uh, last week rather, it was Australia, wasn't it? Was it Sydney that? Um, mm, yeah, yeah, Sydney. yeah, Sydney. Uh, anyway, it goes on to say, thanks for the podcast, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> Since I'm not a professional photographer, I do not edit images on a computer. However, right. I'm beginning to enjoy the editing process and would entertain the idea of using Capture One or Exposure X5. Right. Uh, no, just called Exposure, by the way. Oh, I is think it? They've dropped the alien skin name. That being said, I do all my edits in Lightroom CC on my iPhone. My question is regarding the JPEG compression when importing from my X100F. My file size in camera is 6000 by 4000 fine plus raw. But when I look at the file size in Lightroom, I see that the image is 1776 by 1184. Mm. Has this happened to you guys and is there a way I can fix this? Well, there is. It depends on how you're getting your images into the phone, I think. So if you're sending your images via the Fujifilm camera remote, mm. by default, it sends um, compressed smaller files 
uh, JPEGs. So if you're just dragging them across using a USB dongle of some sort, you can do that with an iPhone, can't you? I don't use iPhone, so I think you can. Um, Then it really should be the same size. So, um, yeah, I think perhaps if you are dragging it across, if you're using the um, phone app, the Fujifilm phone app, to move the images across to your iPhone, then check the settings in the phone app because I think, I think, I think, you can now say, do not compress the JPEGs. Do okay. not make them smaller. Um, data charges may apply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy Siddons. Hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. At the moment, photography provides a small contribution to my income in the form of portrait and pet shoots. I'm rehashing my website at the moment and working out how to blend the personal projects that I'm so proud of as a photographer, but don't bring an income, in brackets, uh, with the portraits I'm offering. I don't want to dilute the website with confusing messages of what I do, but I'm finding it very hard to let projects stay unseen on a hard drive. I don't particularly want the cost and time overhead of a second website. Any thoughts? Strangely, this mix of... In fact, he does have a second part of the question, so deal with that first. Um, Should you have two websites when you're doing different things? I mean, if you're, if you're not really being, um, you know... Depends on the separation, yeah. I think. Portraits and weddings, fine. Mm. Um, pets and boudoir, probably not. Do you, do you, do, yeah, I feel really squeamish. Uh, and, you know, I'm a fairly outward-looking chap, and you know, but I feel sometimes, you know, when you've got boudoir and children's portraits on the same website, it's, mm. for me, it's a complete no-no. Doesn't 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 feel feel right to me at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I would. It feels completely inappropriate. I would probably work along the, the you know until things pick up in terms of both you, you, the business and one is making substantially more, mm. and you're going in one direction than the other. Um, then you know then it'd be time to split. But you know as long as they're not too conflicting, then yeah, it really make too much of a difference. Yeah. The second question. Um, I love shooting events in a documentary style. I feel confident being uh, the fly on the wall or even in the soup. <laughs> However, I like that expression. I've always had a big concern about being a wedding photographer. Uh, with a penny dropped recently when a friend asked why I would not shoot weddings after I'd finished a sentence that went something like, oh, I'd happily photograph any event, whoever, I mean, the Queen, Bono, anybody. The penny that dropped, of course, is that a wedding is an event, albeit the most important day of a couple's life. So can you help me with this conundrum? Love the show. I work with Canon or Fuji, depending upon the occasion. I guess that's a confidence issue, isn't it, really? Is it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, you've just got to... Um, Nike, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah just do it. You, 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 yeah. What was it that Bill Gates once said? Lend us a fiver. <laughs> Didn't, doesn't he, he said, still owe you, owe you money, doesn't he? Does he does owe me money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said... Uh, That's a true story, how can you? How can you expect... That? It is a true story. How can you expect people to be confident in you if you're not confident in yourself? Oh, very good. Yeah, and uh, he said that at a meeting I was at. But did Bill say that or did one of his script writers no, write that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I really like Bill Gates. He's very. He's a very... Uh, I would say honest, but he owes me a fiver. But <laughs> he's a very... Uh, I like his philanthropic... Philanthropotic philanthropic philanthropotic attitude outlook philanthropotic philanthropic he's a philanthropist (laughs) so he must have philanthropotic outlook no no it's (laughs) philanthropic it's it's philanthropic yeah, that's the word. <laughs> anyway, I like Bill Gates. And, uh, I, I don't want to speak ill of, of, of the parted, but would you have rather spent an afternoon with Bill Gates or Steve Jobs? Bill Gates. Would you? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, I did. Several times, in fact. Well, yeah. Okay. But yes. Um, yeah, because Just I'm you and not... him? Having no, a coffee? No. Good Lord, no. No, no, no. Apart from that time when he took that fiver off me. <laughs> no. I, uh, yeah, no. Philanthropic. I yeah, but his philanthropotic outlook. Uh, we need to we need to research that a little bit more. Look that one up. Um, go on, start ty- type it in now. F I L. No, it's not. But <laughs> I'm joking. Doesn't begin with that F. Philanthropist, obviously. Yeah, philanthropic. A philanthropist. Philanthropist. There we go. You said it. Oh. Say that again. Philanthropist. You say that so well. Type in philanthropic. Philanthropotic. Search for a word. Okay. Say that for me, please, Susie. Philanthropic. Yeah, Say it again. Yeah. Philanthropic. That's what I said, wasn't it? Philanthropic. This is terrible. We've lost hundreds is, of listeners. Is, isn't that what? Isn't that what Kev said? No. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> what is Kev? Vegan. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I haven't got a keyboard. It's not fair. I I've can't taken yours away. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, oh dear. What would like? What? What? What would Kev like to eat? Meat. 
<laughs> I want a keyboard. This is not fair. I'm feeling picked on. <laughs> oh anyway, what was the question? I can't remember. Uh, now. I can't remember either. We went on to do. We were talking about Bill Gates for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Uh, confidence. Confidence. Yes. yes. Confidence. Yes. Okay. What does Bill Gates own? Computer. <laughs> oh dear. Small things. Oh my god. Oh, I'm not going to touch that again, Glob. It's like daycare. I have no idea what the question was now. Uh, it was about confidence and oh, shooting yes. in the way that he wants to shoot. Yes. And yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. absolutely. It, you, it's it's impossible to answer that question yeah. with any kind of definite you know you must do it this way um but you have to do it in a way that you can enjoy it because as soon as you stop enjoying it and you'll be you'll stop enjoying it by doing it where you don't enjoy then it will go away and it will be terrible mm. yeah so that was it okay. the fuji cast it's fair to say that the world seems in uncharted waters at the moment during this time you may find yourself in a transitional period where you have a chance to build the photo business you always wanted and dreamed of or, or maybe add skills to develop your portfolio, your website, your style, your, your SEO. And when we exit this viral phenomena, which we will, and when everything with your business gets back on track, which it will, you'll have spent time building skill sets you may not otherwise have thought of or had time to usually. So just a word to say that Kev and I are offering Skype one-to-one web mentoring from this week over the coming months in all these areas. SEO and digital marketing, documentary weddings, the how-tos and the what-to-dos. Using sound to add a punch to your slideshows, whether you're in portraits, weddings or any other genre. Building your own photography, business or personal podcast. From idea to recording to popping it up there for the world to hear. And who knows, your customers too. Filming tips and tricks, business mentoring, even portfolio review. Sessions last one hour but can be extended. Just choose who you'd like to talk to and contact us through click at fujicast.co.uk. That's click at fujicast.co.uk. Mentoring is a great way to build new skills and confidence for the future. It's a time for us to hang out together and work on your business and photography. And we look forward to talking to you personally very soon the fuji cast click at fujicast.co.uk is the address you can use for any of that and of course that's the same address you use for all the questions that you send into the show as well and the next one is from ed hubbard um hello currently shooting a mid-level canon what's a mid-level canon i suppose 5d 6d prosumer type ones I don't know. Anyway, primarily for portraits, both natural light and flash. It's purely a hobby at the moment, but I have modest aspirations for a side gig shooting headshots for lens and beer money. <laughs> at least you're honest. I am uh, currently video agnostic. I've been uh, I've been Fuji stalking for a few months, and I'm in the process of methodically working through the Fuji Carson one show to another after random sampling. The impending XT4 has just triggered an XT3 sell-down in the States. It has, hasn't it? Have you seen how low that price has gone? Hmm. With the kit including battery grip, XF16-80, to F4 uh, WR lens, and Flashpoint R2 flash, blah, 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 blah. Add the two and carry the one, around about £1,462. Oh, he's done the pounds for us. That's a good That's a good deal then, isn't it? £1,462 for all that kit. Seems it, yeah. Mm, I think so. Uh, from what I can tell for the rumour mill, the biggest difference with the... Well, the XT4's out now, so you don't need a rumour mill for this, will be the IBIS. We know it's there. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm at something of a loss to whether it's something I, I'd be missing or cursing myself for not buying in a few years' time with the, the odd lens with stabilisation coupled with feeling like I managed a good deal... Uh, be more than enough. Well, should you go for the big, the, the good deal, or, or, or I mean, we held that XT4 a couple of weeks ago. Well, I would say with regards to this, the XT3 and the XT4 have the same sensor, so the pictures yeah. outside of, out of the camera will be the same. Uh, if you are, if, unless you're shooting in, unless you're a low light shooter, or uh, you know, or you're um, shooting a lot of moving subjects very quickly. Well, the only thing he did say was XT3. video video agnostic, and that sounded to me like maybe he's thinking about it for the future. Well, or? for video, then the XT forward win yeah yeah yeah, absolutely um what do you think of the new battery thing by the way um the battery charger because the um i've seen a couple of uh, comments about this now that the battery it doesn't come with a battery charger does it the camera no it doesn't but then it it does come with a high speed usb c something or other um, charging hole uh yeah i mean you know what i'd rather have a battery charger in the box have to say um but saying that 
I don't want to sound like some kind of weirdo, but you know, it's more plastic, isn't it? It's more yeah. the boxes are bigger. It's more shipping space. You're turning more into Greta every single day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, isn't it? You yeah, know, it is yeah. that, and you can you can buy a charger. You can you can charge it. The the, the fact is, the vast majority of people who are going to be buying the, these cameras mm. only need one battery. Mm-hmm. Um, they can charge it on the go. You can charge it in your car if you want. You don't need to worry about it then, and you know you, you're good to go. I think it's I think it's a good. The, the the industry as a whole is going that way yeah. right so i personally from a uh a, an environmental point of view i think it's a good thing from a um what's the word uh philanthropic don't start that again <laughs> uh, from a um uh you know ease usability point of view it's yeah. not so good yeah okay right your question then uh, we'll go for this week's interview all right i have a question from richard griffith okay richard griffith that's a good Welsh name. Good old name, that yeah, yeah. Richard Griffith. Well, Richard's not so. Richard's not so Welsh, though, is it? No, but Richard Griffith. Griffith, Griffith. yeah, yeah. He'd not, be a rugby player. Not even he? an S on the end. That's a good old Welsh version. Griffith. Oh, is, if it has an S on the end, is it not so Welsh? Then it's Griffiths. <laughs> I do get that. But <laughs> I just wondered if you, as a as a as a, a full blooded Welshman, whether you considered the S called Kevin Mullin. <laughs> that's true I wish I hadn't started that <laughs> I'm currently a Nikon user but looking at investing into an X-T3 for travel and landscape photography I read many articles watched various videos and had the opportunity to handle an X-T3 which feels great mm. one thing I've heard is issues with processing Fuji RAW files in Lightroom one recommendation I've come across is to use Iridi- Iridiant <laughs> X Transformer a plugin for Lightroom do either of you use this plugin and what are your thoughts about handling Fuji RAW files yeah. in Lightroom uh, so the answer is I think I speak for both of us we do yeah. not use it yep um, <laughs> I can't even find the, the pronunciation for Iridiant on the I, dictionary. Iridiant. I don't think that's a real word, is it? Iridiant. Iridiant. I think it's a brand name. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. It sounded like it should be Iridescent a is a real word. Yeah. Yeah, Iridescent. They should, they should rename it. What What should they call it? Iridescent. Absolutely. God. <laughs> I think we're at home. I'm gonna, there must be a Canon podcast somewhere that will have me. <laughs> the Canon cast. The Canon cast. I've already suggested to them. Uh, <laughs> um, what, yeah, so... I'll tell you what they said. How about new? <laughs> there we go. So you're stuck with me. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, so I don't use... I no, Neither of us use... Um, I'll take the sensible no, route for the no. moment. Uh, neither of us use I've ir- gone Iridiant, mode, sorry, Iridiant yeah. Transformer. And I, we both use Lightroom. And neither I'm of us tempted really have a to try that, to be honest. I've heard some good things about it. What, the Iridiant? Yes. Yeah, I've heard good things about it too, yeah. I have to say. Um, you see, the thing it always comes back to is the fact that it kicks out DNG files, Adobe DNG files. Mm. Um, now, DNG is a little bit of history for you. DNG was originally mooted by Adobe to be an open source standard. Mm-hmm. Right? It was going to be an open source standard for raw files. So if Canon stopped producing their um, CR2 editors and Lightroom stopped, uh, sorry, Fujifilm stopped supporting RAF mm-hmm. files, DNGs would be open to the world and would be open source and everybody would be able to do Which it. Which is a good idea. Correct. However, Adobe never actually got to the point of releasing it so uh, to anybody else. So it's a purely Adobe standard. So all those DNG files, if if Adobe goes pop, mm. then we're in just as much mess, mess as everybody else. So yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I don't use DNGs. Adobe going pop would be like Google going pop. Yeah, it's to not going to happen. Please of course, don't it's not going to go happen. Please don't both do that. For heaven's sake, we got we got everything going on in this world. We don't need that as well. Mind you, saying that they said the same about IBM and Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> Look what happened to them. All right, let's just change the subject. What's your favourite podcast? What do you like? You don't listen to a lot of podcasts, actually. You're an audible man, aren't you? I don't listen yes. to podcasts, no. Yeah, I do listen to Andrew's I do listen to Andrew's um, one, of course. Yes. Um, mostly because I'm on there every week. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. I, I, actually, I subconsciously listen to lots of podcasts mm. because I, go, I usually drift off to sleep while Gemma is listening to one. Do you? Yeah. What one does she listen to? She listens to like the serial ones. She listens to um, oh, serially true crime ones. She listens to she. She's you know she likes history and things like that. So kind of uh, document history documentary type stuff. Um, She's the BBC podcast. She's a big consumer. The Sounds app is is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, talking about putting to sleep, sorry, before we introduce this, uh, hi Kevin, hi Neil, just wanted to let you know, Neil, your voice always puts my very lively dog to sleep. <laughs> that was an email we got from Greg Smith of Huddersfield. Have you heard of AMSR, by the way? Yes, yes. I mean, it's a fascinating subject, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the, the AMSR um, um, YouTube channels? Uh, yes. So don't don't spoil it for anybody. Mm. If you've got uh, uh, speakers at home, 
after yeah. you've listened to the podcast, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. go to YouTube, type in ASMR. A- ASM- a- ASMR, isn't it? ASMR. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Yes. Mm. And then close your eyes yeah. and <laughs> relax. They whisper at you, don't I they? I still haven't finished. Oh, sorry. Relax. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, like, let me take the little uh, microphone doobry off this, okay. Have you heard the channels where they do this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love them. I love them. There's one where it's... They get, like, half a million views. Oh, huge. For eating chicken. There's Oh, no, that wouldn't... That, <laughs> I wouldn't slurp, like that. Well, there was a... Um, yeah, the biggest AMSR channel on YouTube is run by SAS AMSR. A-A-A-S-M-R. AMSR. Easy. She slurps it's philanthropotic. And eat, yeah, God, it's all over. She slurps and eats her way through burgers and onion rings and crunchy snacks. No. Do you know how many, how many, uh, how many million subs she's got do you, for doing no, that? How many? 8.4. Do you know something? There is actually a disease. There's a proper disease for people who cannot stand the sound of people eating, and Gemma has it. She, uh, sometimes, she, doesn't like my, she doesn't like people wearing clown costumes either, though, no, does she? that's right. But um, she, honestly, and, and I'm, I'm with her. I totally get it. It's, yeah. it. You know when you're on the tube late at night and then... Yeah, he's he's just got on. He's been in the pub all night, and mm. he's he's just got on. And he's bought himself a massive sloppy burger, and he's got a cold, so he's he can't breathe through his nose. No. So he's breathing as well as eating at a million miles an hour. I just want to throw him up the other end of the carriage. And no, I, just, I'm 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 going to give him a bit of a business advice. Say, so go get yourself an AMSR channel. Yeah, there was one I watched where she just eight point four million subs of that kind of behaviour, son. She just rubbed her fingers up and down a comb. Yeah. Yes, a hair comb, yes, yeah. and it was amazing. Well, I think we watched the same stuff. Yeah. Well, you can't be watching the ones about hair combs. <laughs> I dream away. <laughs> anyway, look, let's do the before this gets compared. We've we've gone off on several tangents this week, and Andrew, who no doubt will be listening to this podcast because he wants to listen to what what he's appearing on, will be thinking, "What the hell have I let myself in for?" It's not like this every week, Andrew. Andrew Helmich is the presenter and interviewer behind the Photobiz X podcast. Not to be confused if you search Photobiz without the X for the website template company. I thought I'd mention that in case you're doing a speed search without visiting us for proper a proper link, which you'll find, of course, as ever, in the show notes. Now, a couple of things to consider before you listen on. A couple of questions, if you like. One, why, Neil, are you talking about another podcast? Well, with the growth of podcasting generally, and of course you being one of the more enlightened type of people who know and consume audio through this way of listening, we thought it'd be interesting to hear what goes into making a photography podcast and one of the most respected business titles that has a, a decent track record of uh, over 350 titles at the time of interview. Now, I, I know some listeners to this show already listen to Andrew's show, and of, of course we have two very different styles of show. Andrew's is primarily about, about business and pretty much 95 to 98% interview-based, with a taster of his life as a working pro popped in at the start of each week. And this one works like a, well, I suppose, like a club sandwich with uh, with a listener Q&A, does the Fuji cast, and a guest in the middle. And, of course, with Kev now being a plant-based eater, it'll be a, a vegan club to go, hold the pickle. And uh, and two, yes, Andrew's show is business-based, but uh, you take away a level of enthusiasm about photography in general from him that I find infectious. With such titles as How to Run a Profitable Book, book Project, Photography Blogging and How to Do It, to genres including underwater and pets and portraits, and then there's understanding LinkedIn, Instagram, and, and, and. And he's somebody who knows photographers and photography. Plus, and since I've personally fielded a few questions of late about starting up your own podcast project, I thought you might like to hear from a man who has a, a decent-sized knowledge base. Pull back the curtain, switch on the main microphone. This is Andrew Helmich from the Photobiz X podcast. Before we even get started with this, you're, you're a working wedding and portrait photographer based in New South Wales, and, uh, and it's been a, a terrible year in terms of weather for the fires and the floods. And has that affected you much? You know what? I feel really guilty, Neil, but me and my family, we've hardly been affected by this. We've had some smoky days, but we, we haven't had fires close to our homes. We haven't been flooded. And I think generally speaking, though, in regards to your question, the, the rest of the country is doing better than what we were. All right, OK. I've, I've got some friends that said that it's a very similar thing. They felt a bit guilty. They said, look, we've, we've seen some terrible skies, but hardly anything else. But uh, I know a lot of the country hasn't been like that at all. Um, I've always thought what you get is what you hear with yourself, Andrew. Um, I mean, you're a very real person in a very unreal world. 
Um, there's a lot of hot air and bluster in our business. And I, I think the one paragraph in your bio that sums it up really well is this. I don't consider myself an, a, a, an amazing photographer, and I didn't get where I am by working this out on my own. No chance. I listened and learned from those much better than me. I was wondering if, if the podcast, the, the whole podcast thing, was really initially a way for Andrew Helmich to become a better photographer. Yeah, I'd love to say, look, you've caught me out. Uh, I think really when I started the podcast, it was to create something that I wish was around when I was in the early stages of my business and growing my business because there was nothing like that. We had to pay to go to conferences and workshops and learn that way, which is great. But when podcasts hit the scene, I thought this would be a fantastic way to learn. So I took the approach with the podcast in, in, in a, I guess, in a way to ask the questions that I wish that I could ask from the photographers that I'm interviewing. So it wasn't so much to improve my photography, but yes, it, it would help me with my business and help anyone else that was looking to improve their business more quickly than trying to learn it themselves. Actually, that, that's something else you've said. It's supposed to be like a workshop that comes through your ears. Uh, did, did you think it would have the longevity? I, look, I, I didn't really give it that much thought. I, what I did, when I started the podcast, I used to listen to a lot of other podcasts about podcasting, and they used to say the magic number was seven. If you made it to episode seven, your, your podcast was going to have longevity. So I hit seven, and I thought, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm enjoying this. And yeah, but, but I, never, I never foresaw getting to episode 350, still loving it and um, having no end in sight. There's never been a better time i think to to become a podcaster than now because the awareness of the medium is going up and up you you must have noticed that since your launch absolutely yeah i mean look even uh, (laughs) my my parents know what a podcast is you know and um there's there's different generations different genres of of, uh i guess generations i guess is a better word of people that are now aware of podcasts and listening to podcasts and people that you wouldn't normally expect to even my my kids um you know that yes they mainly listen to spotify but they're also tuning into and their friends into podcasts as well not my podcast but other podcasts i asked this question of brian caparici who runs the business of photography podcast i asked him if more photographers should think about running their own podcast and he andrew said no pretty quickly actually <laughs> What? What's? <laughs> and I wondered if that was because I don't want any more competition. But I wonder what what your own take is on it now that Google are beginning to index them right alongside films in search of importance. Yeah. Look, I I don't know. I, I would go. I would encourage a, a photographer to get into YouTube and Facebook videos uh, before getting into podcasting. But I think too, if you're recording a, a, a YouTube video then there's no reason why you couldn't take the audio off that and uh, create a podcast from it. No reason why not. And, and, and in saying that, my very first podcast, I've only had two, but my first podcast was a wedding, wedding podcast. It was called The Wedding Podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't encourage people to go down that road unless it was in addition to something else. I think YouTube would uh, have more benefits for, for photographers. So when you sat there with, with Linda, Linda always has to have a mention. She gets a mention in pretty much every show you do. Um, she does. <laughs> when you sat down with Linda and talked about this this podcast, you had to make some pretty big decisions, didn't you? Because running a podcast is a time-consuming business. So right from the off, you decided to split your cast into to, to kind of two, two main elements, really. There was the free element and the paying element. What, what was the, the, the feeling and reason behind all that? Yeah, yeah, good question. Let me just go back one step, Neil, if I can. So in regards to your other question, should photographers start a podcast? Look, I guess I, I was thinking in terms of a photographer looking to improve their photography business. But if a photographer is into podcasts and they want to create a podcast for other photographers, uh, then I would say, yeah, absolutely go for it. There, there is, I'm sure there's a market there and there's room there if that's something you want to pursue. In answer to your second question, and I think this will tie in nicely to, to the first question, if you're going to step away from your business like I was, so I, I have or had a – well, I do. I have a successful wedding and portrait photography business. So for me to step away and create a podcast, which I, I knew was going to take at least one full day a week, and we both agreed, look, this this has to pay its own way pretty much from the start. If I'm going to take out a full day of 
you know, out of my working week to work on this podcast. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense. I may as well either have the day off or put it back into the photography business. So right from the beginning, I had a, a membership portion to the podcast. And yeah, we, we, we had a membership uh, mem- or members sign up right from episode one. And it, um, it's, it's grown from there. Now, episode one, Actually, as you mentioned it, that wasn't really a guest show. You pretty much laid down the ground rules for the show in episode one. It was the, it was the second one where you invited somebody. Do you remember who that was? I'm going to say Ben Martin. It was Ben. Was he a friend of yours? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking because he was in yes. New South Wales, he had to be a friend of yours. Yes, yeah, so he, he's one guy. He actually lost, uh, he's lost sheds on his farm. He's, he's been heavily affected by the bushfires. Um, still, fantastic photographer, lovely down to earth guy. And uh, yeah, so he, he was, or he is a friend of mine. And I, I thought I've got to interview someone that I know that I'm comfortable with, and I, I hit him up with a, with a few other photographer friends to see if I could actually interview because I didn't know if I could really do it and if I could get the kind of content that people would uh, want to listen to and be happy to pay for as well. I think I've mentioned this to you before. Your style is is immeasurably friendly. You don't rush folks. You sound genuinely intrigued by everything they say. Uh, do you think that that's how you manage to draw really quite private business facts out of guests? Because you don't hold any punches on that. I mean, you're not frightened of saying, <laughs> how much do you earn? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I think it's because I'm friendly and I'm I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely interested in, in what what the revenue is, and uh, I know the listener is. I mean, I know when I listen to a podcast, if someone asks the guests how much they earn, my ears prick up, and I'm I'm listening. And if it's a good number, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the number is. I, I automatically, if I'm listening to another podcast and someone tells me their revenue, I automatically rank them somewhere in relation to me and my business, and then I know whether I should be focusing more or less on some or all of the things that they're talking about so i think it's an important thing to ask and i get very little pushback when i ask it 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 did it did take a little while to get past because i know it's a private topic but you know if i don't ask then i'll never know so i ask in terms of um photobiz x guests um as you say you're up to 350 i think we'll be at 351 352 possibly by the time this goes out i was noting some questions down and and, and it was uh, that number um and, and i i just thought how much does it take to continually surprise listeners because i know you have different genres you're talking about different topics but generally the conversation will always be roughly the same won't it it'll be about earnings and and advice and i just wonder how hard it is to to continually surprise listeners yeah i I don't know i i i think the i don't think things have changed that much even in the six years that i've been recording six or seven years now uh, i I think some of the strategies you know some of the things that ben talked about in episode two they are just as relevant today but I i don't think i need to surprise listeners every single episode i think sometimes it's nice to hear the same thing repeated because it's like okay i've heard that two or three times now that must work why aren't i doing that in my business if i've heard the same thing two or three times so i don't think i need to find something to surprise the the the, the listener every single episode but in saying that i am always digging i remember i can well i'd like to say all 350 guests and and what they shared but i know when someone says something in a in a a new episode a new interview if they say something that i haven't heard before my ears prick up and i go after it and i'll go as deep as i can for the for the listener to get as much as i can about that topic so there there is still new stuff and there's always little tweaks there's just little things that that are are changing and evolving and if you can stay ahead of that curve then you're going to be one step ahead with your business every single week i think the little tweaks are the important things there was something that came out i think it might have been one of your youtube videos actually when you were recounting it's quite a recent one where you were recounting talking to um, a celebrant that was it a celebrant and um, yeah, julie muir that's right and one thing and, and my ears really pricked up on this i thought what a simple idea you say what she does because for me it was that is gold yeah, yeah. So we, we talk a lot about uh, getting referrals from other cl- our, our existing clients, but also from other vendors that we work with, particularly if you're a wedding photographer. But this is also applicable uh, if you shoot portraits. And it's difficult to, to network. Some people feel uncomfortable networking and building up their own network, particularly if you're new to the industry. 
And what Julie does, which I thought was absolute gold, is when she comes, she's a wedding celebrant, when she comes home from a wedding, she goes into Google and Facebook and she leaves reviews for the car high people, for the flower people, for the, the, the people who supplied the suits, the wedding gown designer. So she finds out who these different service providers are and she leaves wonderful reviews for each of them and automatically they their ears are going to prick up their eyes are going to be popping when they see these reviews they're going to know and remember julie from then on and i can i can bet anything that they'll be referring julie if anyone asks about a celebrant because she's surprised them and delighted them with with her beautiful reviews i yeah i'm the same as you i thought that was gold well in my book here let me try and find it i know it's going to be on page two or three is where i leave all my my must do this um advice there we go straight away it says leave reviews for vendors you work with <laughs> see it does work Anna. i love that it does work we interviewed nick church recently and i noticed you did too and um, we were looking at facebook yes. and uh, i even tried my own campaign uh with uh, i might add very limited success uh, but you're a real advocate for for facebook I and mean, it's actually one of the resources you have as an additional resource on your on your website for training in it you spent quite some time honing it and um, what is it about Facebook that seems to be so make it an underutilized campaign base for so many photographers who just don't really understand it? Yeah, I, I really I believe it's so hard to beat Facebook for for, <laughs> for photographers. Whether you're shooting portraits or weddings, uh, or, or boudoir photography or pet photography, it's I wouldn't say it's an untapped uh, social media platform because there's photographers absolutely hammering it, but our clients are on the platform and it's so cheap it's so easy to get in front of them and um, I mean I look a recent interview I did with Marcus Anthony from the States he he books 90% or 90 something percent of his clients through Facebook ads he just did a $55,000 a month shooting portraits on his own he has uh, one helper in the studio but it's him $55,000 a month uh, I talked about that in a I, I, one of my own Facebook ads and I have other photographers saying that's just total rubbish no one can do $55,000 in portraits it's true um, Brian Kellogg who I interviewed this week he just had a record month almost all his shoots are coming via Facebook and both these guys are offering free shoots on facebook and what they deliver after is a fantastic experience for their clients they get to know their clients um so they're, they're following what what bernie griffiths a photography coach teaches but also implementing things that steve saparito another photography business coach uh, preaches and that is to excite and delight your clients uh, and they really get in and talk to their clients before the session find out what's special about the client's families and capture that in the studio or on location and the clients have a fantastic time and they spend good money after those sessions but they all were initiated through facebook ads see i see how that works with portraits and i've listened to those episodes myself but i'm still finding it difficult to to understand how that works with weddings and actually it was about two years ago you you, you um I, I i was supposed to say part i'm great apologies i didn't in the end um, but, I mean, plenty of people did. You you were running a sort of Facebook campaign for wedding photographers, weren't you? Which worked, worked just as well, I think. Well, it, it does. But, you know, what? I, I do get pushback from, from you wedding photographers who shoot in the documentary style. <laughs> because, because it's all about attracting engaged couples and, and giving them, a, or offering a free session, a free engagement session, and then delighting them with that photo shoot, that experience, in, in a way that, they have no choice. They don't want to book anyone else for their wedding because they've had such a good time with you. Not only have they had a great time with you, they've got to know you. They, they know your jokes. They know the way you work, the way you pose, if you do pose. And they, they come back and see the results and see these fantastic images. So for them, it's a no-brainer. No other photographer is going to get a look in. And just quickly, Neil, I know you have quite a few uh, documentary photographers listening and and they think well this won't apply to me well i I would i totally disagree because i think if you are a true documentary photographer you could do exactly the same thing by finding out from your couple what they like to do on the weekends whether that's going to the market cooking together shopping together riding bikes together having picnic whatever it is go and document that Um, it could be sitting it could be sitting around the home in front of the fire watching videos and then making lunch together i mean you can still document that you also get the chance to make sales from that session 
plus book the wedding. So I really think this is a strategy that could work for any kind of photographer. I'm going to use a phrase that Andrew Helmich, um, registered trademark, uses, which is, there's my takeaway from today. <laughs> which is go do a day in the life shoot instead of thinking it has to be an engagement shoot um, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, listeners to, to the show will know about your love of cycling um, but but you're also a bloody good skier mate as they would say in your part of the world that was a terrible Australian accent I apologise but I saw your Instagram post 15 second movie something like that you're shredding the powder on the slopes Andrew Someone, someone suggested in your Instagram feed that you should start a travel podcast, which I would agree with. What do you say? <laughs> oh, look, I, I think I'll just take the, the Photo Biz X podcast on the road like I do and, uh, and keep that going that way and, and share, share some of the travels with the, with the photographers. Because I know nearly every listener, every, every photographer is into travel. So um, I think it's a... A nice thing to share with listeners, and certainly not something that I hide. Uh, I love to travel, and I love to share share some of those experiences with, with listeners as well. A travel podcast, man, it, it, it does have, it does have a ring to it, Neil. I can, I can say that that's for sure. Linda's probably having a heart attack if she's listening to this. I, I couldn't, I would not be allowed to start a second podcast. <laughs> and my thanks to uh, Andrew Helmich this week, and uh, of course we'll leave uh, all the links in the show notes so you can go and check out. Andrew's podcast as well, but do come back, please. It'll be a bit of a miserable, miserable place if you don't. Right, um, back to your questions. Um, Kev, you go first. Okay, I have one from Suzanne Bayliss, and she is from Inverness. She sounds familiar. She says, uh, <laughs> love the podcast, yada, 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 yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I feel like over the past uh, several months listening to the podcast that we have had a lot of uh, questions, camera questions, tech, well, gear, et cetera, we, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, we, we constantly actually say, please send in normal questions too. Not the text, not welcome so I, she goes on to say so i feel that we know your technical habits very well yeah. however what we don't know is what do you guys do to relax outside of work outside of photography what do you do to for your downtime amsr videos mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do neil what's your what are you doing on saturday this saturday um my uh i've got a wedding this saturday I think I might have a wedding this Saturday. Let's pretend I haven't got a wedding this Saturday. Okay. I would... Uh, last Saturday, we had the brother-in-law and sister-in-law over, and we made Indian food. Oh. But that's no, that, it nice, well, it's not really a hobby, rephrase though, is it? That. Having guests over. Sam made Indian food. Mm. I ate Indian food. <laughs> Love Indian food. What, would, what are your hobbies? Um, I don't really have a hobby. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Mm. I, I mean, I, I would come down to the studio here and um, I, I would happily make podcasts as a hobby. Mm. Yeah. I really would. That's because you're good I, at them. Well, that's very kind of you. I suppose actually sound is a hobby. I've started making a, one about our family. Um, that does not surprise me. Well, I thought it would be really nice. Um, if anybody listens to it, fine. But if they don't, doesn't matter. It would be something that would be a legacy project. Hmm. Have you put it out yet? Well, no. And I'm not... Well, I'm, I'm about to. I'm not sure if I should share the name of it. Okay. Well, we'll let you think about that one mm. for another time. But apart from that, I know I don't look like it. I go to the gym every morning at six o'clock. Every morning? Every morning now. Seven days a week? No, 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 no. Sorry. Monday to Friday. And if I can do one weekend, I, I will. But um, so I get up every morning. I get up at five. Five o'clock is my, is my internal alarm clock. Beep, 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 beep. Silent, obviously. Is every morning five o'clock. Come down. First thing I do is answer a couple of emails. And um, then I write a little bit for this new podcast and um, family one. And then I walk. It's 10 minutes walk to the gym. 10 minutes and uh, and then yeah, so I suppose that is my hobby. Hmm. Is that my hobby? Yeah, of you wouldn't think it to look at me because I really don't look like somebody that goes to. I mean, do you I? look. You definitely. I feel like you've lost a bit of weight. Do you? Yes, since Christmas at least. Really? Yeah. Was was, was I looking a bit more like? <laughs> so you make me hungry again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, I do um, I do, do judo. See, no, you're, you've you've got loads of hobbies. I mean, I, you're judo. You're brilliant at judo. I do judo. And you've just got I, a new belt, haven't you? I do. Did. do Well, what, what uh, is, not really. What are you now? I am now brown belt, but I always was brown belt. But there's a special name for it. First Q. First, first what? First Q. 
first KY, Q. KYU. KYU. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I was uh, very seriously into my judo until I was 21. And your rugby. And my rugby. Um, well, no, the, the rugby came after judo, yeah. and that's why judo kind of went away. Oh. So I was very serious into my judo. I went to university and discovered rugby, uh, beer, and... Girls. Girls, yeah, <laughs> in, in that order. In that, in that order, order yes. Right, okay. So then judo went away, and then uh, Rosa joined judo, and uh, I said to her, if she if she makes it through to the kind of senior levels or you know the, the second class, if you like, yeah. then I would get on the mat with her, which I did, and I had to dig out my old my old Welsh Judo Association license, which had my picture on it uh, from when I was nine. How good is Rosa, by the way? She's very good. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Oh, she the picture it. of you when you're nine—that's the one that's on your Facebook. No, it's profile. not. But there is a picture of me right. fighting on my Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there, no, no, the picture is a passport po- picture. Well, what are you going to do nine. when when Rosa um, really gets good and she's sort of pummeling you on the on the map? That'd be great. That's what I want. That's why I'm, I'm doing it to encourage her. Yeah, because she's, she's at that age now. Girls, they get to that age where they. They start, you know, wanting to do different things, yeah, don't yeah. they? You know, and I really wanted to, to go. This is a great thing for dad and daughter and very, very different for dad and daughter to do, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's good. I love it. I, I really enjoy it. I love getting a bit, yeah. bit aggressive. Yeah, you know, I know that. We, we, we get, I'm going to start going to competitions and all sorts. Yeah. Um, Our Jack actually likes to play badminton. Mm. He's getting very, very good at it. And mm. uh, for a while I, I played badminton with him, but he can so easily beat me now. Really? Oh, yeah. we took him to, um, it was two weeks ago, we took him to his first, he's played doubles before and done quite well actually with his partner um, that he plays with uh, a, a young lad, a friend of his. But um, he did singles for the first time last week. Now his, his partner came along to the same singles competition and we forgot to tick the checkbox of what category you're supposed to be in. Okay, right. So you get an A and a B. Right. There were loads of Bs. Yeah. And he's good enough to do really well in the B. Right. But we didn't tick the B. So he ended up in A. Uh oh. And his little face dropped when when his name was read out alongside there's some lads in uh, in Berkshire and Hampshire in particular who are just incredible. I mean I pay to go and watch these boys play. Mm. They're so good. Mm. And he was up against them. I don't think he quite forgave us for the whole afternoon until we bought him a Domino's pizza. Oh yes. <laughs> he didn't win, presumably. He, well, he won one match actually. Oh, good. Yeah, good for but him. he was crestfallen for the rest of them. Yeah. So yeah, books, read, listening, yeah. or judo, yeah. sport, all that usual stuff that middle-aged men like oh, us do. Yeah, really great question. Thank you very much. It's really nice to get some human questions as well. Yes. So who's going to ruin it? But uh, I tell you what, that Gump character. And that's all I have to say about that. Gents, in the past Monday's episode, you asked us to to send in what we do to shake ourselves out of routine. Since I'm not a professional, and uh, oh, you wrote this a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I only have spare time around the edges of my work and home lives. I tend to fall back to my comfort zone which is street photography uh, with a Fuji X-E3 23mm uh, orientation landscape. Now I've set myself some parameters. This is interesting. So same camera, um, street with a Fuji X-E3, lens 35 uh, orientation, portrait so it's completely changed the way he shoots mm. 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 I found that tightening the angle of view and changing the orientation challenged my composition and framing chops for inspiration, I check out Ralph Gibson's iconic work, which exploits a spe- specific way of seeing the world. I hope to stick with this program for at least four months to see how it affects my season. Is it something you, you'd uh, you'd have a go at doing? Would you, you change the way you see? An interesting way of looking. At it. Yeah, I Alan, mean, that, that, Alan Gump. Thank you for that. It's a good it's a good idea to give yourself something to, to mm. challenge, you know, and and orientation, d- d- different lens. You know, I know that Matt Hart did one year everything in black and white, yeah. and during the war, during the war, and. Um, uh, Bert Stefani over in Belgium he did a he did a picture every day on the 50mm lens and encouraged the community to yeah, do that yeah, yeah. so yeah it's all good it's got, everything like that is good to refresh it all down, comes down to time doesn't it and yeah. uh, stuff you know um, but yeah good well done Alan right Kev should we go for should we, should we pass into the uh, the club uh, club of indulgence let's go a little shimmy in you go you can, you can go first. Okay. Uh, John Truman says, Hi, guys. I'm newish to the group. Just send in a wee message to say I love the Fujicast. Mm-hmm. Great hosts, great guests, and lots of valuable information and lots of Fujifilm chatter. Keep up the good work and best wishes for Moray, Scotland. Mm. I've been to Moray, I think. Uh, Moray Firth. Yes. Very beautiful part of the world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about Fuji, so says Reuven G, but if you're into Fuji or wedding photography or both, the value goes up exponentially. Uh, <laughs> I hate these words. Exponentially. Thank you. Even without that, the banter. 
Uh, the Q&A and the interviews are all great. Best of all, deep knowledge from experts. Explain clearly with, with a little bit of humour. This is one of my never-missed podcasts. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Ruben. This one's from Wolverine874. Found this podcast a few days ago via Kevin Mullins' social channel. I love it and I listen to it whenever I have a few spare minutes. Over the last week, I have binge-listened to the back catalogue to catch up. You be careful. And I've loved every single minute. Oh, is that it? <laughs> you just stopped. That what, was are you, it. Are you enjoying the bass or something? That was it, yeah. yeah. I'm just getting my but funk you, on. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you very much for your um, for your, your Apple pod, uh, podcast reviews, and uh, and we really do appreciate them. If you can leave one, that's absolutely fantastic. As you hear, we, we, we read through them. And also, if you could share on a Facebook group or something, that would be fantastic. And for all those that do leave these lovely reviews, do remember, please... You're our favourite listener, and we mean it. Kev, question. Good day, guys. This is from... What was that supposed to be? I have no idea. But it's from Nanto Sealens, spelt C-I-E-L-E-N-S. Sealens. He's given us uh, the pronunciation next okay. to it. Sealens. Sealens, okay. From Australia. Right. Good day, guys, he starts... I wonder, uh, you sounded a bit New York at the start. Good um, day, guys. Yeah. I recently started listening to your podcast and it's quickly been added to my subscription list. Right. Firstly, I must admit I'm not a current Fujifilm shooter, but I'm planning on making a switch soon following the premature death of my Nikon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I apologise. Uh, as an amateur user, I would love to invest in one of the higher-end Fujifilm bodies, mm. but I must be realistic about my situation. Would I be better off investing in the X-T30 and put up with the kit 18-55mm lens for a period of time? Mm. Or do you think the X-T20 with the kit lens and a 23mm prime will be sufficient? I've always believed in investing in glass over body, but the X-T20 is a couple of years old now. I mainly shoot a bit of street, family and candid portraits. Yeah. I have also looked at the X-100 models as an option. I mainly use 35mm on my Nikon. Keep up the good works, and I hope that someday you'll eventually get a chance to answer my question. Right. Today is that it's time. That day, yeah. Nanto Sealens. Yeah. Um, okay, first of all, the thing that, that kind of spiked my interest in this was the way you said put up with the sixteen, uh, the eighteen to fifty-five kit so lens. That's a great lens. Yeah, I, I, that's not one I would ever feel that you need to put up with. No, it's the the XC lenses, right? The ones that have XC at the end of them mm. are the ones that are the lower end kit lenses. If it doesn't have an XC at the end of it then it's a very, very, very good high-end lens, um, as the 1855mm is. So even though it comes in a kit, don't mistake it for the, you know, when Canon used to do kit lenses, they were the, the, you know, the the kind of run-of-the-mill lenses, not the the red rings or anything. Um, So the 1855 will be very good um, with that X-T30. I would go for the X-T30 over the X-T20, newer sensor, newer um, rendering, newer film sims, just better, essentially. Um, And the 1855 will be good for you, yeah. Mm. Well, I've got that lens. I use it a lot for, for filming. Mm-hmm. Super, super lens. Uh, thank you, Jerry Harding in Lens. Uh, in Lens? In, Le- in, in Lens? L- Wait, well, could be in Lens, couldn't you? Lens. But this is Leeds, actually, which is uh, not quite like that place. Which focal length would you guys not be without? Very short and s- swift, that one. 23. So that's uh, so that'd be 35mm focal length in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in non-vegan. In old money. In non-vegan yeah. language. Yeah. 23. Um, 23 stroke why? 35. Why? Because uh, it's it's well, it's mostly what I use basically, and I think it's the nearest thing to natural field of view. I think. Yeah, I don't. I've got to get my head around this. That people used to think that fifty. I'm now talking full frame. Fifty mil was the the way our eyes see, but then people say it's thirty five mil. What what is the? Mm, yeah, I think it's well because I always actually feel more comfortable. I never got on with. Um, with um, the the fifty mil focal length in traditional terms, and also it depends on where your eyes are in your head, don't you? There was some well, people in school, front, yeah, but some people in school, had, some of their eyes were much wider than other people's. No, they, they were the they, they were the people that were delivered by the aliens. <laughs> no, it's true though, isn't it? Not everybody's going to have exactly the same peripheral vision and stuff. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. I can't see up, for example, because of my eyebrows. <laughs> I just see shadows. <laughs> yeah. Do you think your eyebrows will be the last thing to go? <laughs> probably. I'll probably keep going. Keep growing. <laughs> we'll keep growing outwards. Uh, right. One of yours. Um, uh, okay. Jonathan Ryder. Whis- whisking through these, I know. Jonathan Ryder. He says, yeah. hi, Kevin and Neil. I've been a full-time wedding photographer for six years. Now I do some commercial work and headshots too, but it's whilst slogging my guts out at a wedding that I feel I'm in my element. And that's the heart of my business. I particularly love the freedom to work quietly and observationally that comes with being a documentary shooter. However, things can unravel for me occasionally when I get to the computer. I use Photomechanic and Lightroom and my workflow is decent. And yet somehow I really struggle to get on top of my own images at times. Which are best? Question mark. Which should I be showing? Question mark. 
and can I deliver? I, I can deliberate for hours over the tiniest decision. Do you have any tips or tricks for seeing your own work more objectively? Self-criticism is important, but I can take it to extremes, worrying over which image I should show and which I should hold back. How do you guys curate your own work without giving yourself a massive headache? Uh, yeah, I, d- I don't think quite as much as as that about it. Do you? No, I I mean, yeah, just I think it comes you've been shooting for 6 years, Jonathan, so I just rattle through them, you know, yeah. you just got got to give yourself a uh, uh you know, a, a time frame, an hour max for culling a full wedding, like yeah. max 20 minutes for me generally. Um if you really are struggling, flip them all upside down and do them upside down. Well, you've talked about this upside down theory yeah. before. Cuz yeah. then your 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 brain just concentrate on the on the um uh, the composition and the structure. By the way, saying you don't think about it doesn't mean you don't care. No, 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 I, absolutely I, I, I obviously not. care. It's just that I I think if I sat and sort of um, I don't know, look, looked in a kind of like pixel peeping way at every single image. I think you'd go mad, wouldn't you? And stop overshooting. Yeah. That'll, that'll stop you doing that. Yeah, don't overshoot. Um, yeah, it depends Not on how many pictures. Not suggesting you do, I no, don't no, know. No. But, but. Well, we all do. Let's face it, we all overshoot. Um, you know, otherwise we'd all take 400 pictures and give them 400 pictures. Yeah. Uh, and that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, overshooting could be an issue. Um, but yeah, the other thing is perhaps start from the end and go backwards as oh, well. Oh, that's a nice idea. You, yeah. you actually edit that way, don't you? Yeah, 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 I edit that way. Yeah. You you know, you what you're doing is you're divorcing yourself from the story. So not your a word brain, you should use when you're editing. <laughs> yeah, your brain is, your brain is not quite in tune with the flow of the day because you're doing it backwards or upside down. Let me just throw this at you. Perhaps a very unfair question. So you've you've culled your images, um, and then somebody comes back to you and says, "Have you got more of X? What's happened to those images?" Uh, I keep the the uh, the images that have not made the cut. I keep them for around two years now. All oh, right, so you're not yeah. going to have that problem. Okay. Um, however, I would push back greatly if I had that question. I would never had it once. Oh, yeah? yeah, you'd say, look, I, you know, I, I, I would, you know, I'd actually, I say, look, you know, part of the reason you employ a photographer is, you know, is for our uh, curation skills as well, yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a reason why, I, you know, I don't hold back pictures yeah. if I think a picture is good enough for you to I always have. Find that very, it will, yeah, you will have it if a client says, you know, have you got any more of X, mm. which doesn't happen very often, but but yeah. if somebody says that, I'm thinking, you know, it, it's not like you think, yeah, I thought I'd hold back some of the great pictures. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's so, that's true for my own pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you also have to remember that the clients aren't photographers, mm. so they, you know, they may they may be a particularly special person that mm. we, you know, we haven't given enough coverage to perhaps but you know at the end of the day it's documentary approach yeah, isn't it so true. you can't do that um yeah so there you go well thank you for your question right end of the show we always have a disaster story hi kevin hi neil this one comes from jeremy jeremy baker jb102 on instagram that's quite fun actually when you when you give your instagram handles because it's yeah. nice to go check out what you do yeah <clears throat> so uh, blah 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 jolly well done blah 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 <laughs> cracking job and KBO do you know what KBO means? Uh, KBO no uh, I'll let you look that up <laughs> it's not a word I think we should be using on the show here's a photo failure story of mine probably best entitled experience is the best teacher but she sends terrific bills picture the scene a three night two day business trip to New York staying in Midtown which is dull but you can lose hours in B&H alone I don't think that sounds dull at all that sounds about my idea of good fun yeah yeah I've done that several times Friday morning in January with good light was mine armed with my X-T2 and kit lens and 56122 um if you get what I mean. Actually, the 56, by the way, with a focal length of 85, that was the one I was going to choose. I, f- I forgot oh, to say yeah, focal yeah, we length, didn't but I would have chosen that one. Yeah. Lexar, 64 gig cards, empty, ready to be filled. Snap, mm-hmm. snap, snap. Mm-hmm. Hip, snap, snap. Frame, weight, snap. So it went. Two-hour pilgrimage to B&H, followed by lunch in the diner opposite. Have you been to the diner opposite B&H? Is that famous? I don't think I have been opposite. Sounds like it should be famous. I can visualise it. Wow. Yeah. Well, serendipity played its part. I love by, that word, serendipity. Yeah, well, at least I got that one out today. Yeah. By sitting next to uh, Terry Maitland Photo, a fellow, uh, a fellow Fuji shooter. Do you know Terry? No. Does he have dark hair? I know Terry. <laughs> I, I innocently, for a newbie, started reviewing and deleting images from the cards in the camera. You can guess what's coming. Yeah. Another two hours in the streets of Hell's Kitchen. Snap, snap, hippity snap, frame, wait, snap. Including the weekly Friday lunchtime exodus of those who follow the Jewish faith. Many running out and off to yeah. their weekends into prayer. Mm-hmm. More in-camera sorting and deleting to make room. Wi-Fi, some of the best of the phone. Taxi airport, rubbish in-flight sleep. Taxi home, hug, kiss, bed. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to download what I shot yesterday into Lightroom. There's going to be an awful lot of me cutting words out now. <laughs> I, the bleep machine's going to be going mad. 
because this is what he said. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> Cards are corrupted. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. Hours online later to try and find a resolution, no avail. Lost everything. <laughs> so I binned my two Lexar 64 gig cards, which aren't inexpensive at all, swearing never to use them or buy them again. But it's not their fault. Months later, I dip into Angry Ken's YouTube channel to learn a lesson that I'd already learned the hard way. Never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever delete images from within the camera, even if you need to make room. Never. Instead, have more cards or download to a Mac or PC, then reformat the card in the camera. Yep. There you go. Yep. Absolutely. He learned the hard way. Lesson learned. I've got one last thing to, to, to say. Yeah. I've just had a message on Facebook Messenger from uh, Ivan Kreef. Yeah. And he sent me a link to the uh, to the origins of Keep Your Powder Dry. Oh, did he? Yeah. And I don't know. It's like he's listening to us recording this. Yeah. Um, That's we must spooky. have recorded it. Yeah. And Is uh, he the, under the desk? The actual, the actual term. He's in there. <laughs> the actual term is trusting God and keep your powder dry. Oh, it's a maxim right? attributed to Oliver Cromwell, but which first appeared in 1834 in the poem Oliver's Advice by William Blacker. God, is it that old, that saying? With the words, put your trust in God, my boys, and keep your powder dry. Mm, there we go. I tell you what, this show is nothing if not an education. Yes. Of two blokes that can't say words properly. Yes, philanthropotic. I'm not going down that road again. Thank you to this week's guest, Andrew Helmich. Uh, there'll be links to, uh, obviously, the Photobiz um, X uh, podcast. If you liked uh, this or any of the week's shows, uh, then please, if you feel it's relevant, leave us a review because it really does help the show. And we thoroughly enjoy what we read, and, and, and it's nice to read those back to you as well, even if we slightly take the rise out of it. Um, if you if you'd like to as well, uh, pop by and see us in the Facebook group uh, for any questions you have about today's show. Play nice. Our moderators Steve and Peter are in there too with their shiny FIFA referee whistles at standby. And I tell you what, there's two chaps that do not believe in VAR. So <laughs> no, they do, do not, not believe in do VAR. Do not test them. Send your questions, your thoughts, and everything else, please, to click at fujicast.co.uk. Music's from Blue Wednesday. Supporting music from the incredible Artlist.io. And if you'd like to see our personal offerings. To the world uh, both myself and kev that is uh, there's one website that you should visit um or oh, web page that you should visit learn about the kit neil and kevin use get links to all their websites and find out first about any new workshops coming up by going to www.futurecast.co.uk forward slash the boys we will see you next week bye bye the fujicast is an independent loading zone production email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way